Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I want you to turn with me tonight to, uh, we're going to look at four different passages, and uh, just let the Holy Ghost weave this together. Amen. Trust him. Will you trust him with me? Amen. Trust him with me. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Hallelujah. I have some things on my heart and these, these verses uh, put together will, will open some things to us, I believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And now turn with me to Romans chapter 9. Oh, glory. Thank you, Father. Romans chapter 9. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And I really want to get down further in the chat, and I will, but let's just start in verse number 1, because there's something here all along the way that we need to see. I tell the truth in, this is Romans 9, 1. I tell the truth in Christ, I am not lying. It's amazing the apostle would have to tell the church that he wasn't lying when he talked to them. It's because the gospel is so good. And the reality of spiritual things is so amazing. It's beyond the natural man. He said, I tell the truth in Christ, I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. That I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen according to the flesh. Now here's one of the verses I want us to look at. My countrymen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain, or you could say belong, to whom belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law. The service of God and the promises. Most of the church world is aware of the promises, at least in the Old Testament. They like to, they like to water down all the promises in the New Testament. And, and all of the good things, they say, well, that, that passed away in the Old Testament. That's all for the Old Testament people. So most Christians are aware of the promises. They're aware of service. They're all about service. They're all about the giving of the law. They know all about the law. They know about the various covenants that God entered into. They know about the adoption. But not a whole lot of the church knows much about the glory. The Lord's been dealing with me quite a bit lately about the glory. And he said to the Israelites, to them belong, belonged the adoption. The covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God and the promises of God. But also to them belonged the glory. It belonged to them. Amen. We know that we're in a better covenant. Established among better promises. And uh, let's go and read in verse 5. Of whom all are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came. Who is over all the eternal blessed God. Amen. Strap on down to verse number 14. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. Now let that that thought uh, stay fixed in your mind. I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. And then that's the four ver- the four uh, passages. And then go to Exodus thirty three, Exodus chapter thirty three. That's three of the four, I should say. That's three of the four references. 
And let's look at the fourth one, Exodus 33. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the Lord had given commandment to Moses <coughs> to go into the land that he had would lead them. So Moses in verse 12 says, Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you also have found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. So he said, the the Lord said, I know you by name. Moses said, that's not enough. I want to know you. I want to know you, Lord. It's not enough that you know me. He said, I, I, you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Well, praise the Lord. When Jesus left, he said, I'm not leaving you here alone. <laughs> I didn't leave you as orphans. I didn't leave here, you here on your own to make it your own way. I'm sending a comforter. I'm sending somebody. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. So he goes on to say, now, therefore, I pray, if, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And he, the Lord said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. My presence. My presence. The presence is the Spirit. That's who Jesus said he would send with us, is, was his presence. The comforter is the presence of God. And he gives rest. (laughs) Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? Now he said, I'm going to go with you, but I'm going to go with you in, in my presence. And he said, well, if your presence doesn't go, we're not going. Please don't send us without your presence because there's no other way for the other people to know that we have found grace in your sight except your presence go with us. So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Well, we know that's true of us. We're not like anybody else. We're a chosen generation. God's own special people covenant people there's not anything like or anybody like the church in the earth except the church there's nothing like us there's nobody like us we don't resemble anybody else and it's not it's it's not in our peculiarity that it's not our peculiarity that wins people (laughs) the only thing that'll win them will be his presence he said that's the only way they'll know That we found grace in your sight. A lot of people have heard the message of grace. God's abundant favor. His free favor. Unmerited favor. And we talk about it. But it falls on deaf ears. Without his presence. Because when the church talks about the grace of God. If the presence of the Lord isn't there, it sounds like bragging. Sounds like religion. Sounds like we think we're better than people. We're not better. We're just different. (laughs) Now, we've been made better, you understand. But we're not better better by by our own merits by any means. But we have his presence. Glory to God. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you could go, except you go with us? So we shall be separate. He's promising the Lord, we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, Moses said, please show me. Your glory. 
In one sense, you could say that that's the cry of mankind. They just don't know it. The world is seeking the glory of God. They're trying to find it their own way. Come up with their own ideas, what it is and, and how to, how to uh, create it. How to experience it. They think it's from some other place that they can manufacture. That they, can, they can drink their way into it or they can take drugs into it. Or they can find other ways of, of finding reality. They're looking for the glory of God. They're looking for the presence of God. That's what people are looking for. They just don't know it. The presence of the Lord is so... Well, the song says that, that the name of Jesus is so powerful. Well, the presence of the Lord is powerful. The presence of the Lord is wonderful. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Lord said, I, I, Moses has said, please, Lord, show me your glory. Then the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion upon whom I have compassion. You know, we just read that in the New Testament. God will be gracious to whom he will be gracious. He will have compassion on whom he will have compassion. Man is, man is crying out. To know God. And we know him. We know him. We have his presence. He said. But he said to Moses. You cannot see my face. For no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said. Here is a a place by me. And you will stand on the rock. So it shall be. While my glory passes by. That I will put you in the cleft. Of the rock. And I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand. You shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. He said, There's a, here's a place by me. Here's a place by me. And uh, you can stand by me, close to me, right next to me on this rock. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, he said, it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock. Now, now cleft is a, is a, is a, long, uh, uh, a long opening, a gash, you could say, an opening, a cut. He said, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. And I'll cover you with my hand while I pass by. And and he's talking about his glory. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, they stuck a spear in his side. And it always makes me think of Adam and Eve. How Adam needed a companion. He wasn't complete. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he opened up his side. And out of his side he took a rib. And he, and he fashioned Adam a mate. A wife from his side. The church has come out of the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. He reached into Christ and he took the church out. Took the bride out. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So it shall be while my glory passes by. We're in a, we're in a time. The, he's indicating that, that the glory wouldn't always be passing by Moses. But while my glory is passing by. During the time of my glory passing by. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll cover you with my hand while I pass by. We're in, we're in the time in the church. It's the, the church age. Uh, has been has been referred to as the age of the Holy Spirit, time of the Spirit. Some people say it like this: that the Old Testament was the was the uh, dispensation of the Father, and the Gospels are the dispensation of the Son, and the Acts and the Epistles are the dispensation of the Spirit. 
We're, we're living in the age of the Holy Spirit. The, the age of the, the church age is a time of the Spirit. And uh, I know a few years ago, I, I've, I've mentioned to the, you this to you several times, but I, I never saw it until just a few years ago when I, and I started mentioning it right away. It never occurred to me that John the Baptist, when he came on the scene pointing people to Jesus, he only said two things about him. He said, this is the Christ who takes away the sin of the world. And this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire. And the church has pretty much forgot about the baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire. Most of the church gives, uh, just gives, you know, lip service to the Spirit. Like uh, Keith Moore's wife, he, he was talking about his wife that, you know, that she was a Catholic girl and she, he, he and her were both seeking the Holy Spirit and she got baptized in the Holy Spirit before he did. And he came out of a Pentecostal church and she was a Catholic. He said the only thing she knew about the Holy Spirit was he was somewhere over here. <laughs> so much of the church world, that's just all they know about. He's just, he's just something they say. But, and they, they know all about forgiveness, but they don't know anything about the Spirit, the glory, the glory of God. And it just seems to me that the more glory we have in manifestation, the greater the results. The greater results in reaching people. If we can, if we can come to live in a place, in, a, in a, uh, an attitude or, a, or a, uh, uh, some, some kind of, of way of living where, where the Spirit of God, we're, we're conscious of the Spirit. And we're in fellowship with the Spirit. And by, by that, I mean we're in fellowship with, with the Lord Jesus. We don't worship the Holy Spirit. But we're in fellowship with Him by communicating and, and, and allowing Him to speak to us. And we're following His leading and, and moving with the quickening of the Spirit. That, that, that's when we become effective. It's when we become effective uh, in, our, in our service. In our walk with, with in, in the world, how we reach people. It's how, it's how we become effective in everything we do. It's where miracles come from. It's where the supernatural power of God comes from. It comes when the presence of God is strong enough and the glory of God is, is in manifestation. And I've, I've found, just, just help me here, pray with me, thank you. say what I want to say. I found that the greatest things can happen, the most miraculous things can happen when we're, we're less mental and we're just following the Holy Spirit almost unconsciously, almost unconsciously. I, I remember, and, and I've told you the story, the, the time when I first saw the glory of God. I was out at, in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and run a Dad Hagen's Holy Ghost meetings. It was a Holy Spirit seminar, it was called. It was in February of 1983. And uh, the, the, the church auditorium, it was not the big church they have now, the smaller auditorium. And it was packed. There wasn't an empty seat. They had chairs in the aisles. The place was packed. They had an overflow room in a couple of different buildings, uh, in, in uh, other places on the campus. And people had just been drawn there to that meeting. I mean, Brother Hagen announced it, you know, listed it in, in the Word of Faith. It was advertised, but uh, something had just went out. A call went out all across the nation and even from, to some foreign nations. And people just supernaturally just showed up. People got on the phone and called other people and said, you need to be out here. And so people came and, and one night we were just worshiping God. And, uh, and people were on their feet. They were praising God out loud, hands in the air, just shouting praises. And, it, and the service flowed between shouting praises to just weeping in his presence and worship. And, and it was just being orchestrated like someone with a, with a, with a hand was just leading it, like someone leads a, an orchestra. And uh, David Ingalls was on the piano, and he was leading in worship. And I was standing next to this pastor friend that, from Georgia, and uh, a man that was with me in the, in the local church in, in the 70s. And uh, 
you know, I put my arm around him. And everybody was praising God. And, you know, just you're full of the love of God. I put my arm around him. He kind of put his, you know how two brothers are kind of hugged side to side like that, not facing each other, sort of slightly turned in, you know, hugging one another. And while I had my arm around him, I just had this real slight impulse. I didn't even recognize it as an impulse. I just somehow wanted to jump. Just, I need to jump. But I, I didn't, I, I wasn't conscious that the Spirit was leading me. I just, in that moment, I, I, I had a, an, a, a sense, an urgency, or a, not an urgency, but an urge, uh, 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 a desire to jump. And uh, you know how long it takes you to, to go up and down off your feet? And I'm not talking about jumping crazy. I jump sort of like this. Now, if you can count how long it goes from the time my feet lift the floor and hit the floor, it's less than a second. Okay, And so I, I don't remember if he jumped or not. I don't think he did. But I, I still had my arm around him and I just kind of jumped and felt good so I did it again. I don't think I jumped more than three times. I'm not sure if it was just two times or three times. But from the time on that last jump, from the time my feet went off the floor and touched the floor, which is less than a second, maybe a half a second or a quarter of a second, from the time... I was in the natural when my feet went off the floor. When my feet hit the floor a, a fraction of a second later, I was in the spirit. And all of a sudden, this cloud just came up around me. And I, I couldn't see. I don't, I don't know if the cloud filled the whole house or it was just around me. Because I couldn't see out of it. And the next thing I know, I'm dancing in the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church and we had dancing in the spirit. And I didn't like it. I thought it was bizarre. I did. And when I was a kid, you know, it was just, we saw it. You know, I didn't, we didn't think anything about it in a Pentecostal church, particularly in the church of God. There was a lot of dancing, you know, in the Holy Ghost. And uh, uh, I didn't think too much about it, except, that, you know, I didn't want anybody at school to know that I went there. But when I got away from the Lord, you know, backslid and, and got out on my own, uh, you know, I didn't have anything to do with church. When I came back to church, uh I came in with just a hunger for God. I wanted everything God had except that dancing stuff. Now, I didn't say that. I really didn't even think about it. But on the inside of me, without, you know, actually in, in church, we, we had a, a, a man, Brother Ellington. And there was a couple others, but there was Brother Jesse Ellington. And he was a, a little short man, a little short round man. And when the Spirit of God would get moving in the church... He, would, he was always sitting on the front row or, the, or one row back. He would, he would jump out and he would start dancing. He would start spinning around. You've heard Brother Hagen talk about that time he danced till his coattail was sticking out. Like Brother Ellington would spin around like that and his coattail was sticking out in the back like this. And uh, he would spin around and dance. And I remember my buddies, my spirit-filled buddies, you know. We, uh, we'd laugh. We'd think that was, I mean, laugh for him. Everybody got blessed. We were blessed by it. So we would rejoice. And after church, we'd say, oh, Brother Jesse got happy tonight, didn't he? Yeah, God really touched him. So I thought it was great for Brother Jesse <laughs> and other people like him. But I was too dignified for that. Really, I was too stuck up. I was too, I was too, I thought too much of myself to be undignified like that. So I didn't want anything to do with it. It just didn't interest me. And, but when I came down in that cloud, when I, when I came down, I was in a cloud and I just found myself dancing. I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember starting to dance. I don't remember a fault. Because I think if, if I had felt the leading, the prompting of the Spirit, and I recognized the Holy Spirit was prompting me to dance, I don't think I'd have done it. At least I'm, I, I, there's, a, there's a great chance I wouldn't have. Because I just wouldn't have been open to it. I would have quenched the spirit. But, so the Lord instead, he tricked me. <laughs> He'll do that. He just tricked me. And I just had this little prompting to jump. Well, that's okay. That's pretty cool. It's not real, you know, ugly. Doesn't look real bad, you know. And uh, it doesn't make a lot of noise. Nobody notices you. And that was the Holy Spirit's way of getting me to yield. I yielded to that, to that little prompting without really realizing I was being prompted. Without really, I didn't, I didn't 
the thought pro- I didn't have a thought process where, oh, the Holy Spirit's leading me to do something. I didn't have that. It was just something that came up. And I, without thinking, if that's the best way, without thinking, I just did it. And something amazing happened to me. I saw the glory of the Lord. And everything, I couldn't see anybody else in the building. And, and my friend and I, we, he danced too. Now, I don't know if he jumped, but when I started dancing, we were both dancing is all I know. I came down and we were dancing. I don't know when we started, but we weren't when I went up and we came down, I was dancing. And, and we held on to each other and danced. And uh, we couldn't see anybody. And I've talked to him recently about this, just in the last few months. I talked to him about it. He said, yeah, he said, that was a, that was a special time. And uh, he said, I, I pitied the, uh, when, when, when that cloud lifted off of us. I don't know how long it lasted. It could have been just a few moments. I just don't know. We danced with all our might. I mean, we danced and we tore chairs up. And they were all ganged together like these are. And, and, and the people, I could see the, the, I told you this before I know, but I like to tell it. Because <laughs> it was just so wonderful. I could see the, the back of the chair in front of me. Everybody was on their feet, so there was nobody sitting in that chair. I could see the back of the chair in front of me, and I could see this brother, and I could see about that far on that side. And, uh, but I couldn't see the people that were standing there. That's how dense that cloud was. And uh, when it lifted, it just lifted, just lifted kind of suddenly, just went away. Like I said, I don't know if the whole place was full of a cloud or if it just settled on us. I don't know. But while we were dancing, it was like the, cl- the crowd was far, far away. If you've ever gone to a large municipal auditorium and there's something going on inside and you have to go out to go to the bathroom or to go to concession, you close the big door, you walk out in the corridor, you know, you can hardly hear you can hear something going on. That's what, it, that's what the crowd... And just a moment before, it was deafening loud. Everybody was just shouting praises. And all of a sudden, it sounded like they were across the street somewhere. But when it lifted, it was just over. And, and when it came out of that, people were just staring at us. The people around us were, that could see us were like... And the people on this side of me kind of moved over like this. And, just kind of, and, the, and the chairs were kind of knocked loose in front of us. And the chairs we were in were knocked loose. And... People around us just standing like this, looking at us like, what in the world was that? Because nobody else that I, I, there might have been other people doing it. I don't know, but I don't know. There weren't anybody around us doing it, but us. And, uh, and my friend, pastor friend, uh, we, talking, we were talking about it recently. He said, yeah, he said, the first thing I thought was, oh my goodness, these four folks, poor folks, if they just knew. If they only knew what we just experienced, they wouldn't be standing here looking at us like we were from, an, from another planet. They'd be wanting to get in on this. And, and it was a wonderful experience in the Lord. And, and it brought me into a depth of the spirit. But my point is, it happened without me thinking about it. And some of the, the biggest miracles that I've ever seen ministering to people, I've just had an impulse to do it and I, without even thinking about it. And then a miracle took place and, and I, afterwards I would think, well, I'm glad I didn't think about that. I don't think if I'd have thought about it, if I had been conscious that the Lord was dealing with me and trying to get, I, I don't know that I'd been bold enough to step out. But because I was just in a place of yieldedness, I was just open to the Lord. I wasn't, I wasn't self-conscious. I was just conscious of God's presence. And, and, and he, he, he led me. I didn't know it. But he led me to take a couple of jumps. And it took me into a realm of the Spirit. Other times, he just led me to call on somebody, minister to him, And without even thinking, I just did it. And somebody was, was miraculously delivered. We, we have to get to, the, to a... a find this experience I don't keep I don't like to keep saying getting into that place I'm always wondering where that place is is it over there is it over here where is it it's just an expression that I don't like but sometimes it's all you can say we, we have to come to uh, a place <laughs> we have to find that experience where we're just so caught up in God in in worshiping him and in his presence and that's what was going on that night the presence of the Lord was there. It was, it was tangible. And before I saw the glory, I knew his presence was there. Everybody in the house knew his presence. Now you couldn't, you could not know it. I mean, you'd have to be worse than unsaved. <laughs> you, 
There's no way you could not sense the presence of God. And we were yielded to it. In a, in, in a moment of time, my friend and I were yielded. And God took us to another level. And that's what, that's what Moses was saying here. He said, Lord, if, you're, if we're going to be your people, and we are. We, we agree that we're a separate people. And we're your people. But you're going to have to go with us. And you're going to have to show us your glory. Your glory, your presence is going to have to go with us. And, and church, that's what we have to have. We have to have God's presence. And so when we, when we come together, uh, you know, the New Testament talks about earnestly contending for the faith. You know, over in Jude, let us earnestly contend for the faith. Well, did, can, you, can you see that, that takes some conscious effort? You don't, con, you don't contend for the faith by accident. You don't stumble into contending for the faith. That's something that you purpose to do. You, 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 uh, you have a determined effort for the faith. And you have to ward off other things to stand for the truth. Brother Defend talked about this morning about, you know, uh, standing for, for uh, the things of God. We have to stand. And it comes, when it comes to the faith, there are a lot of Forces trying to water down the faith, take things away, get us to compromise. We have to contend. We have to say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the full faith. I'm going to have the full word of God. I'm going to have the full plan of God. I'm going to have everything that God's provided. I'm going to have it. I'm not going to have anything less. That's contending for the faith. Well, in the same way, we have to contend for the spirit. We have to contend for the spirit. And uh, because, we're, because we're still human and... Uh, and we still have this flesh to contend with, and all of us do. Uh, it's it's not always the easiest thing to stay that uh, hungry, or or to or to be that purposeful every time we come together. So, uh, Pastor Def- Defend and I yesterday and today with, with yesterday at lunch and then today with with. Uh, Pastor Angela and we were at lunch. We were talking about different things that go on in church, you know. And he was saying, yeah, that, you know, that's just, that's just part of it, you know. That's a, big churches like his, large, you know, small churches, churches on, in Africa, churches in High Springs, everywhere. People are people. And some of these things, we, in, in fact, what she was talking about, she was sort of apologizing because we had a small crowd. She said, you know, it's 4th of July and I... You know, and I already talked about this on Saturday. I said, that bothers my wife. Every time we have a guest speaker, and if it's a holiday or it's just a time when a lot of people are taken off to get, she, she always frets over that. She always does. And I always tell her, honey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many people are here. You hear me say it all the time. We're here. God's here. That's enough. It's enough people. And, uh, but, you know, you want to look good. You want your church to show well. You know, you want everybody there. You don't want to have somebody in and, you know, a guest in and then there's seven people at church. <laughs> Wouldn't show very well. And, uh, and so she frets over that. And, and I was telling him about that yesterday. And, and without saying anything to Angela, she brought it up at lunch today. Because I knew she would. And she said, I, you know, hate it. A lot of people are out. And he was here in 2019 in July on the Sunday before the 4th. The fourth was like a Wednesday, so it wasn't like a week, a long weekend for the holiday like it was this time. But uh, uh, he was saying, you know, it's the same way in my church. He said, you know, you want everybody to be there and you'll show up one Sunday and it looks like half the church is gone, you know, and it just doesn't feel right. And, and, uh, but, you know, y- you, have to, you have to accept those things Cause, because, you know, People uh, have other things sometimes that they need to do. And it's good to go on vacation. I like to. We went on vacation a few weeks ago. It was so refreshing. We hadn't done that, a vacation like that, exactly like that ever. And exactly like that. And uh, it was completely spontaneous. And we just, we just went. And, and, you know, when we, I know I'm rambling here. But when we go skiing, when I go skiing with, with the boys and their families, you know, we, we want to be on the mountain. We want to make what's called first tracks. 
after the snow or after they groom or after it snows. There's something about carving those first tracks on virgin snow. It's just beautiful, you know. Well, to do that, you got to get up. Our clan, we have to get up like a daybreak because there's this huge breakfast to fix for everybody to get fed. And we got to make lunches because we don't like to, you know, the, the, the food usually on the mountain's not good and it's three times what it's worth if it had been good. And uh, so, you know, we pack a lunch and we got all that and we put it in our back. We, we ski with backpacks on because we have our lunch with us, you know. And, uh, and then it takes, it takes, particularly when the grandkids were small, I mean, it would take 45 minutes to get everybody geared up. Get your clothes on, you know, get your gear, get your skis, no, you know, their skis are falling out the door, blocking the door. We load up in the car, get everybody's gear in the car. Well, you know, we'd get up every morning like that, almost at the crack of dawn. And it seems like our vacations are usually that way, just so much work. And, uh, and then we get, you know, we ski until they run us off the mountain. We don't come in and we take, we take the last uh, lift up that's operating and we ski down from it. They're shutting the place down with us coming down the mountain, you know. And, uh, and then we get in and it's late and we're hungry and we have to go find some place to eat. And, and Angela, so we started bringing Angela with us so she could cook for us. <laughs> she hated that assignment. She, would, she is our cook, you know, and so she's there the years that she went. We would get back to the, to the we'd rent a big house, like four to six bedrooms, whatever we needed, depending on if it was just Steve's family and us or if it was Greg's family and us or if it was all of us, you know. So we should have this big, we'd, we'd all get in and uh, get, under, get under the, you know, get out of, our, out of our gear, get into our swimsuits and get out under the, the outside shower and rinse off, you know, and get in the hot tub, big hot tub. And then she comes out and says, dinner's ready. And we'd go eat, you know, it was wonderful. <laughs> but then we'd still stay up late and get up early. This vacation we went on a few weeks ago, I mean, there were several days we didn't leave the condo till noon. Said, I did not come out. I know we're going to go hiking. We're going to get some hiking in. But better than that, we're going to sleep. <laughs> and we just get up and we'll just drag around until we get ready to get out, you know. So uh, I said all that to say vacations are good. We, we, we appreciate that. Other people have things they need to do from time to time. But, but when we're here, let's not fret about who's not here. Let's not fret about that. And let's not fret about anything. But let's contend for the Spirit. Contend for the Spirit. Be hungry for... And how, how do you do that? Just be in love with Jesus. Just, be, just when you come to church, make sure you're in love with Jesus. If you weren't before you got here, straighten up. When you get in here, put other aggravations and, and selfish agendas out of your mind because you are saved, whether you feel like it or not. Whether, you, whether your spouse th- thinks you are right at that time or not, you are. You're born again. You're full of the Holy Spirit. You've got God's life and his nature in you. So when you come in, shake it all off and uh, like we did today. Now, see, I called Steve. Was it yesterday or this morning? Yeah, this morning. I called Steve and I said, now, Pastor Defend likes the move of the Spirit. Because we've talked, you know, and he, he doesn't have it as often in his church because of its size. And he says very few places he goes anymore. Is, has any move of the Spirit. And these are supposedly Spirit-filled churches. Their doctrine says they believe in the Holy Spirit. There's no manifestation of the Spirit, and it, and it grieves him. And I said, well, our church isn't like that, and he knows that from last time. And so we talked about that, and I called Steve this morning. I said, now, Pastor Defend, he, he likes the move of the Spirit. So, probably telling secrets I shouldn't tell here, but ministry secrets. When we have a guest speaker, sometimes we hurry through praise and worship. Not, not that we hurry, but we want to quickly give it to the guest speaker. So we kind of set our, our ordinary custom, our, our custom, we sort of tighten it up a little bit. Is that a better way to say it? We sort of tighten it up a little bit, you know, and shorten it up a little bit. And, 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 and our focus is not really on it. It's getting over it and passing it on to the guest speaker. I told Steve, I said, we, let's not do that today. Pastor, Pastor Defend, he wants the move of the Spirit. And he'll flow with it if, if he doesn't even get to preach. He'll be fine with him. And so Steve ushered us into that by the anointing that's on him. But he didn't do it by himself because you all responded. And when, and when we have leadership and we have response to leadership, then God can do anything. He can do anything. 
And, and, and wasn't not only the name of Jesus wonderful, wasn't the service wonderful? Wasn't the service powerful? Wasn't the service beautiful? Yes, yes. Oh, I tell you what, I, I hunger. I have such a hunger for the, for the move of the Spirit, for the, for the glory. I, I've become, I, I knew a, a person a few years ago, and I used to sort of criticize this individual a little bit because they were always talking about the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory. And I used to think, you know, you've gotten lopsided. You know, you've gotten out of balance here. It's, you're just like this glory hound, this glory hog, you know trying to work up the glory. But the, the, the more, the older I get and the more I walk with God, the, the, the more I long for his presence all the time. I want his presence when I get up in the morning. I like to wake up to the presence of God. I, I want to meet with him in the morning. I want to experience his glory. And I, I'm like Moses, if you're going to send me out today, you better go with me. Because if your presence is going, it's not going with me, don't send me. I don't want to go out there. I don't want to go to church. I'm going to tell you, church, I don't want to go to church without his presence. I don't want to. I don't like it. And, uh, and, and thank, thank the Lord, we, we're, you all are very good about that because you contend for the glory. But I'm just reassuring you that it's important. I'm reassuring you that it's, that it's scriptural, that it's right, because we are indwelt by the Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit as our teacher, as our guide, as our revealer of truth, as our helper, as our strengthener, the one who comforts us, the one who stands by us, the one who's in us, the one who puts us over, our advocate, everything. The Holy Spirit is here to do everything Jesus would do if he was here in the flesh. When the disciples walked with the Lord, everything they needed, they looked to him. Lord, we have no food. What are we going to do with all this multitude? We don't have any taxes. What are we going to do? We don't have the money. They looked to Jesus and because Jesus had the answer. Had the answer to everything. When they have a discussion, a disagreement, he, he knew what to say. When they got into a rift between one another, he knew how to solve it. He'd give them a parable and, and they, oh yeah, we are pretty dumb. <laughs> they looked to him. They got to where they were just completely reliant. They were just dependent. They were dependent on Jesus. Well, the Holy Spirit has been sent to take his place, not as Savior, but as our, as our, uh, as our helper here. To be everything we need so that we're totally dependent upon him. Oh, glory to God. And when we are totally dependent, it's when, it's when we are totally dependent on him. That he, that he has his way. And when we are less dependent, you know what? Who else we're dependent on? If we're not fully dependent on him, we're dependent upon ourselves. And God doesn't get any glory out of that, and he won't bless it. He won't bless it. He won't help it. He won't acknowledge it. Our dependence has to be on him. And we do that by depending on the Spirit. Amen? Praise the Lord. I, ho- I hope this has made some sense tonight, because all I had was, you know, four lines. And... Uh, But, praise God. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand up? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to us, Father. You're so good to us, Lord. Glory to God. You have done so much for us. You've done so much for us, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I want to read to you something that Pastor DeFin wrote me this afternoon. After we went out to lunch, went to the great outdoors and had some fellowship. And then I went home and Angela took uh, uh, Peter and, and Chuck to, to the airport. And so uh, she'd given him the check. And you, you, you all are so generous. And it's such a, it touches people's hearts. Now, the offering that we gave you today was, was a large offering. Angela and I have actually received larger offerings than that, but it's very rare. The only time we ever received an offering larger than that, it was, it, it just, we couldn't already believe it. And uh, he wrote this to, to me this afternoon after, it's 545, I guess he was in, he was in Atlanta. He said, he said, Dear Pastor Edwin and Angela, 
I don't know what to say to your lavish generosity. You are truly walking in something amazing. Never have I seen this, both this time and the last time. I am really overwhelmed. Thank you. Then he went on to say, this seed is going into church planting for the glory of God with appreciation, Peter Peter defend. But I was struck by that statement, you are truly walking in something anointing. He's not just talking about me. He's talking about this church. We truly are walking in something amazing. And after we went back into the office, after the service, he said, he and and his friend who lives in Atlanta, and uh, he met Chuck uh, Lusted, his last name, Luster. He, He met him 30 years ago when he was in America touring with a music group, and he he stayed in, in Chuck's home. And Chuck was uh, a young man at the time. And uh, both, both of them were saying, wow, he said, this, this, this service, your church is so amazing. What a refreshing it is to come into a place like this. And he was just in Dallas last week. And he preached at a church in Dallas. He said, he said Pastor... That was the deadest place I've ever been in my life. He said it was just dead. There was no life in it. He said, Chuck and I were the only people standing during all of praise and worship. Everybody just sat. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with sitting. But when you're worshiping God, you're going to have to be on your feet sometime. And, and Chuck said, you know, the places that, that he goes, uh, he said, people come into the service with their coffee cup. They've all got a cup of coffee. Well, you can't worship God with a cup of coffee. There's nothing wrong with coffee, but come on. Can you not put your caffeine aside for a few minutes? There's this casual, you know, do nothing, just social event. He said it's rampant all across the country everywhere you go. Because he does, he he takes church groups on missions trips. Chuck, Chuck does. And so he's in their churches, you know, working with them. He said... Uh, he said, what you, what you have here, this amazing thing you were talking about, he was talking about later, that's not everywhere. It isn't everywhere. And, and so we don't need to be prideful, but we do need to be thankful. We need to be thankful. We need to be thankful for what we have. And uh, he said, you know, I, I, want to, I want to thank you. He said, I, I feel like I'm saying this from the Lord. I want to thank you that you, he's talking to me, he said that you've, uh, held this fast Chuck was saying he said you know that it reminded me of the old days in the word of faith the, the not, not natural excitement but the spiritual excitement he said this reminded me of the old days that I haven't experienced this in a long long time thank you for, for keeping that well I didn't keep it all of us kept it and uh, but, it, but it's it's I just want you to know how important it is. That it's not just, it's not just me that thinks this. When guest people, guest ministers come in, they, they, they sense it. Are, are we perfect? No. Do we have situations <laughs> from time to time? Of course. Is, is there somebody in the church from time to time that you have a disagreement with and you wish they'd be somebody else for a while or be, act different? Yeah, that happens. That's just part of church, part of humans. But on the other hand, God is, he's got something good here. And, and it's by his grace, by his grace. So let's be thankful. Let's be thankful. Let's keep contending. And, and the other part of that was, I wanted just to, to tell you how important it is to be, to not be so mental when you come to church. Sort of throw everything aside. Put all of your cares aside. Put it all out. Put it aside and just worship God. Keep your focus on Him and don't be thinking too much with your, with your mind, with your brain. Worship out of your spirit. Jesus said the day's coming when you will worship in spirit and in truth. And that's what, that's what the Father is seeking. He's seeking people that will worship in spirit and in truth. You want to be sought after by God? It's one thing to seek God. That's good, but I want him seeking me too. Amen. Praise the Lord.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you for this church, Father. Thank you for the the church you've given us. Thank you, Lord, that you've graced us and been merciful to us. You've been gracious. Because we've, we've not always been right about everything. We've not always acted right. We're not always 100%. We're still flesh. There's no, that's not an excuse because we're not supposed to, to give in to the flesh. But sometimes we do. Through the years, Father, you've been faithful because at least this is true. At least we've always wanted to please you. As a congregation, we've always wanted to please you. If anything can be said in our honor, though we don't receive any honor, if anything can be said is we've always wanted to please you. Whether we have or not, we've always wanted to. And all that that we have, we have because of your graciousness. You've put up with us. You've tolerated us. (laughs) You've, You've just forgiven us. And helped us. Glory to God. We're so grateful. We're grateful for one another. Because we're not a church of one person. None of us can say it's me. I'm the one. We're all part of this. We're all a body. We're members of one another. Brethren. Brothers and sisters in Christ. We're thankful for one another. We're thankful for, for, for all of the variety. <laughs> the variety. Of people that are in this church. Different personalities, different everything. But somehow you've made us one. You've made us one. Glory to God. And that's that's a miracle, Father. That's a testimony of your power that you could even do such a thing as that. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. You recreated us in Christ, made us new creatures, but you've also made us into a church. We thank you for it, Father. Glory to God. We, we owe you all honor and praise, all thanksgiving. Oh, you're so good, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.